Hi, and welcome to the Stefan Levera podcast focused on Bitcoin and Austrian economics. Today, we are doing an episode about how to easily run your own Bitcoin and Lightning node. But first, let me introduce the sponsors of the podcast. Firstly, Kraken one of the world's leading Bitcoin exchanges. Seriously impressive exchange. They have a really strong focus on security with Kraken Security Labs. They're consistently rated the best. They've got a high quality platform offering some of the best liquidity in the industry. They've got high trading volume and low fees with no minimum or hidden fees. Kraken have 24-7 support and on the institutional and business solution side, they're providing best-in-class accounting, reconciliation and reporting services for cryptocurrency hedge funds, asset managers and fund administrators. Kraken have an OTC desk for block trades. They offer five fiat currencies and also offer margin and futures trading. So to sign up, go to kraken.com. There's a link in the show notes. Next up, Unchained Capital. They're providing Bitcoin financial services with a two of three keys multi-signature vault product. You can use Trezor or Ledger and Cold Card is coming soon. Unchained are making some great open source contributions with Hermit and Caravan, an open source multi-signature solution as well. This helps you split up your keys and reduce the single point of failure risk. Unchained are also offering Bitcoin collateralized loans. So you can put up Bitcoin as collateral and get back USD. And this might be more tax efficient for you if you're not triggering a capital gains event. And while that loan's outstanding, it's stored in what's called collaborative custody. So you can see it there on the blockchain. So Unchained hold one of the keys, you hold a second key and Unchained's third party key agent hold the third key. So to sign up, go to unchained-capital.com. I've got a new sponsor, Bitcoin Outlet. Bitcoin Outlet deliver rare and extraordinary merchandise to warriors of Bitcoin. Outstanding design is not blindly slapping your logo on any object available. At Bitcoin Outlet, every product they carry is a work of art with a thoughtful design. In keeping with the ethos of Bitcoin, all products created at Bitcoin Outlet are limited edition. Once a product sells out, that's all folks. Bitcoin Outlet is a sister company to Canada's Bull Bitcoin. Both companies are Bitcoin maximalists through and through. Bitcoin Outlet only supports Bitcoin. This core belief has led them to align with other unapologetically maximalist companies. So if you want to rock some merch from a designer with an actual moral compass and unwavering maximalist views, head to bitcoinoutlet.com and grab yourself some of the best damn Bitcoin apparel on the planet. Use coupon code LAVERA for 21% off anything in store. So Taylor Hellspar is running this project called MyNode, essentially a really easy way to run your own Bitcoin Lightning node. I think it's interesting because MyNode hits a really nice blend of being low cost, easy to use and set up, and also with awesome features such as having an Electrum server and a block explorer, and if you pay for premium, VPN and Tor functionality as well. So here's the interview. Taylor, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, uh, Stefan, for having me on. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, be here today and talk to you a little bit about a project that I started a few months ago uh, called MyNode. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, yeah, I really liked um, the project and I was basically chatting with my business co-founder, my Ministry of Nerds, and we're doing like an Australian Bitcoin education company. And the idea is we're trying to help people teach them how to run a node, right? And so I was chatting with Katan and he was telling me about your project and uh, another, actually one of my listeners also tagged me showing your project as well and i thought oh this is pretty cool so a bunch of us um me and my co-founder were experimenting with it Uh, but look why don't you give us a bit of an intro on yourself okay uh thanks so 
Um, I am a software engineer. Um, I have been involved and kind of followed the Bitcoin community for a while. Um, I was incredibly excited by some of the different uh, technological aspects of Bitcoin and Lightning that have been just making huge um, increases lately with the Lightning Network and the growth that it's seen. So earlier this year, um, I kind of wanted to start uh, and set up my own Lightning node. And the project basically started from there. I looked at the various options that were out there and they all seemed rather expensive or uh, they didn't offer as many features. And I thought, well, I, I've kind of put something together that I'm pretty proud of and I really like. And I started to uh, look into ways to share that and then potentially monetize it by um, selling various aspects or selling the physical hardware. Um, but I did want to make sure that it was open source and it was uh, freely available through some sort of community edition. And one of my goals, like you said, is with your Bitcoin education stuff that you're doing and the podcast you're doing and everything else, um, helping get people caught up on Bitcoin. And I wanted to make it as easy to use as possible. I wanted to make sure that somebody who kind of understands what Bitcoin is, but uh, doesn't have the background to go set up all these software projects, I wanted to make sure they have access to kind of using Bitcoin and the Lightning Network and make it as easy as possible to onboard them. Excellent. And so I think let's just set some context for listeners who may be more at a beginner level. So intermediate and advanced listeners, I'm sure you're already familiar, but Taylor, can you just tell, say a beginner listener, why should they care about running a full node and what does that full node verify? Yeah. So um, a, a Bitcoin user would want to run a full node um, because it it lets them verify and validate the entire Bitcoin blockchain and all the transactions that have occurred um, with a lot of things that a, a beginner might run into or might see called light wallets and things like that. You can download those um, and their custodial wallets. And it really means other people might be in control of your Bitcoin. For example, if you're using um, what they would call a custodial wallet, like if you're storing your Bitcoin on Coinbase or an exchange or something like that, you're not really in control of those coins. Um, you're trusting a third party or another company to uh, manage those for you. And that's what we've seen in the past with Mt. Gox and other exchanges. Hacks will occur and, and they'll end up losing your Bitcoin. And the Bitcoin that you thought you had um, weren't actually in your possession. And so uh, when these big exchanges, which are targets for hackers because they control so many Bitcoin, um, if, if one of those exchanges gets hacked, then your Bitcoin just disappear and you don't get them back. Um, but with running your own full node, you're validating the entire blockchain and you can store Bitcoin yourself, which um, helps, I think, decentralize the storage of Bitcoin, which is um, another important aspect to sort of think about. Because if these if there are these large exchanges that hold incredibly large amounts of Bitcoin and they happen to accidentally do it in an insecure way, a large amount of Bitcoin can be lost, whereas every individual is a smaller target um, and they aren't publicizing like what it is that they store and what they have, then I, I think it's actually a much more secure way um, to store your Bitcoin. Right. And uh, yeah, like the explanation there. And I think just for newbies to Bitcoin, uh, you've probably heard many of the rules within the community, if you will. And rule one is you know, not your keys, not your coins. And then rule two might be something like not your node, not your rule set. And like rules in some sense that your full node is how you detect a fake Bitcoin. But the difficulty has been for many people that they have to learn command line. And that's not easy for people who have a job and they're not a software developer or they're not a tech person. And then there are some GUI tools, but then 
you might not have the same functionality. So for example, if you run Bitcoin Core right now, we don't have hardware wallet interface. So it's it's a bit difficult for a newbie to connect their hardware wallet with their own full node. So the reason I um, thought this setup was really interesting is that it actually makes it quite easy for a user to do that. And I think there's a certain... Um, I'm going to call it sort of the trifecta, if you will, because there are what I found with my node is that it was there was a certain ease of setup and at a low cost and a certain level of features. And I think if you look at some of the different options out there, it might be really cheap, but then it requires high technical competence, or it might be more expensive and have a lot of features and not and be easy to use, but then it's the downside is it's expensive. Um, so can you just tell us about some of the different options that are available with the my node? Um, yeah. So. First, though, I, I think I want to kind of dive into what the community edition is. I think there's really sort of three core components in the community edition, which are all totally available um, for free. There are minor features as well, but the three core components that I, I kind of see people using the most are um, Bitcoin Core itself, which, which lets you run the full node, um, the Lightning Network, which we use LND internally so that people can participate and um, kind of Parti yeah, participate inside the Lightning Network. And then Electrum Server, which is an unbelievably popular feature that um, everyone says they like. And, and that's kind of one combo that um, I'm not sure all of the other like full node or Lightning in a Box distributions have. They don't have Electrum Server. So it's a little bit more difficult to um, pair Bitcoin-only Light wallets like the Electrum Wallet and others um, with your device. And so with Bitcoin Core, LND, and Electrum Server, I think that really kind of hits on um, the three major areas and the three major things that people are going to use. And all three of those are completely available in the community edition. Um, you don't have to pay anything. If you have a uh, Raspberry Pi, which a lot of people do, if you have a Rock 64 um, and the Raspberry Pi can be three or four, um, you can go download an image from mynodebtc.com and install it, write it on a flashcard or a micro SD card. Um, stick it in your device, and then you're up and running with all three of those. You just have to follow the, the web GUI interface, and it will walk you through um, all the different steps to getting MyNode set up. And then you'll be running with uh, Bitcoin Core, Lightning Wallet, and Electrum Server. We also have a Block Explorer, um, Ride the Lightning, and LND Admin, which are two, well, all three of those are different web interfaces that are available within the app. The Block Explorer lets you kind of go look at different transactions and you can kind of see what transactions have occurred on the Bitcoin network. So you can check and make sure that like maybe a recent transaction that you made has actually been um, validated and included in a block. Um, so you can check the number of confirmations on those transactions. Um, and then Ride the Lightning and LND Admin are two different GUI interfaces for uh, using the Lightning network. So once you get into, um, the, um, well, first what you would have to do is within MyNode, there is another uh, set of pages to go set up your Lightning Wallet. And it does what most people have probably seen. It'll show you your, uh, your different seed phrase. You can write it down. It'll encourage you to back it up, of course, and then make you confirm it. And then it will get you set up with a, a Lightning Wallet. And um, from there, then you can use the different interfaces to uh, kind of control Lightning funds and open channels and um, add peers and all that kind of stuff. Yep. 
Great. Let's let's talk that through a little bit. So uh, I guess let's just summarize the options first. So you've got the community edition. And then once you've got mm-hmm. the community edition, there is a, the premium edition as well. And then there's also you've got a pre-made device version. But I think it might be interesting to just talk through for the listeners. Uh, actually, I'll just talk through my process and we can just sort of walk through how, how, how easy I found it. Um, so essentially, I started with just a community edition. So I went to the MyNerd website. I downloaded the Raspberry Pi 4 image, um, and then you've got to pre-order some parts and stuff, right? So for, so I guess listeners might want to just uh, write this down or have the list of things that you need. So it's essentially a, a Raspberry Pi 4. I got the 4 gigabyte RAM version. Um, in Australian dollars, that was about $150 for the pack, which comes with a little case. I bought a, a 16 gig micro SD card. Um, that's like 15 bucks. Uh, and I bought a one terabyte USB hard drive uh, and and just an Ethernet cable, right? So just to mm-hmm. plug it to my router, right? And so if you sum all of that up, and then also if you add the cost for the the premium, uh, uh, MyNode Premium, that takes it to a total of around 450 AUD. And I think in US dollar terms, that's about 300 bucks, right? So if you are just using the community edition, you can pretty much get this set up for $200, right? So it's really cheap. Um, I think, so, uh, you know, I, I love uh, all the different options, right? I've got a caster node. I use, I have a noddle. Um, uh, so there's lots of different options out there, but I think this may be one of the cheap options that actually achieves a, a certain level of functionality with Electrum Rust server and so on. So anyway, just talking through the process, I then used that program that you've listed. I think it's Balina Etcher. Basically what that does is you burn the image to the micro SD, if you will, or writes the image to the micro SD is probably a more correct term to use. And then you basically put all the pieces together. You plug in the uh, micro SD card into that Raspberry Pi and you plug in the one terabyte hard drive and you plug the Ethernet of that Raspberry Pi into your router and then basically you turn it on and just let it sync, right? Do you want to just talk through that process there and then syncing up your blockchain and the Electrum indexing? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's a really good explanation of how to get set up. And one other thing that I kind of wanted to point out there is I, I think of the some of the like uh, more premium full featured full node options or Bitcoin and Lightning in a box options, um, I think this is one of the only ones that uh, has support for letting people like you go set up a community edition totally for free. You can set it up on your own hardware, and then you can purchase a, a license if you want access to the premium features, which include easier upgrades, um, VPN access, Tor access, and things like that. So um, it kind of lets people get started with it. And you can see if you like it and evaluate it completely for free and then go ahead and purchase the premium upgrade if you want to. Or if you're happy with the community edition, you can continue using that for as long as you want. Um, <clears throat> and so um, so for setting up a node and just setting up a brand new one, I think that was a really good explanation. You basically just using Belena Etcher Flash uh, micro SD card. Um, with the software image that you've downloaded uh, from the website, put it in, and then um, access the web GUI, or access the graphical interface that MyNode My provides uh, through a web browser that you have. It could be Chrome, Firefox, um, any, any web browser that you have. You can go connect to the IP address or MyNode.local once it's set up and connected to your home network. 
and then it'll walk you through the, the steps that um, it begins doing. So you won't really be able to interact with your node for maybe one to two days, something like that, because it does have to fully sync the Bitcoin blockchain. And so um, for people that are running on a Raspberry Pi and using an external hard drive, we'll automatically use a feature called QuickSync, and it will download a pre-validated copy of the blockchain up until roughly a month ago at this point. And then it, it um, starts validating beyond that. And if there were any errors, it would, it would um, catch those. But your wallet would have been set up with uh, blocks that your node has completely personally validated at that point. And so um, QuickSync helped save roughly, when I was testing with Raspberry Pi 3s and an external USB hard drive, it would take like four to six weeks to fully sync a node, which was going to lead to a terrible user experience. So using QuickSync, that can actually get down to one to two days. And um, if you have a solid state drive, that's one of the largest bottlenecks um, for syncing the blockchain. So you can always disable QuickSync Quick and completely fully validate everything yourself if you wanted to, to go that route as well. But it's really just a time trade-off. But it'll walk you through those steps and the stages that QuickSync is going through. And then you'll see the Bitcoin blockchain itself um, syncing from roughly about a month ago up until the current point in time. And then at that point, you'll be presented with the full web GUI and all of the different options. So Electrum Server um, at that point will be, uh, you'll have the option to enable it. And it does take maybe a, a day, a couple days, depending on the hard drive you're using and, and the device itself, because like a Raspberry Pi 4 is obviously quite a bit faster than a Raspberry Pi 3. So, um, depending on the speed of your device and things like that, uh, Electrum Server will start syncing and it will walk you through with status updates of where it is and how it's um, doing its own processing of all the different blocks. Then it will have to do a compression stage where it kind of compresses everything and that tends to take about a day where it doesn't give you a whole lot of updates. But within another day or two, um, Electrum Server will have totally processed everything and you can use it to uh, be the, the trusted backend for any of the light wallets that you want to run, whether it's on your phone or your computer or anywhere you can run Electrum. You can now point that at uh, your MyNode device, and then you'll be using an Electrum server that is backed by a fully validated and trusted um, instance of uh, Bitcoin Core. Right. Yeah, I love that. And so let me just uh, break that down again for the listener who might be a bit more of a beginner. Let's say they have left their Bitcoins on an exchange, or if you're a listener who is maybe at the level where you're just using a hardware wallet. So let's say you have a Trezor or a Ledger or a cold card, but you haven't learned how to set it up with your own full node. I think this is a great option that you should look into. And so basically the way this setup is working is that you're running Bitcoin Core, the full node, and then on top of that, think of that like you're running this Electrum Rust server. And what that's doing is it's like indexing all the blockchain for you. And then now that's the server. Now you need to set up a client for that. So for example, once you've set up this MyNode on your Raspberry Pi, then on your laptop or on your desktop, you would go and download Electrum Client, which is like the wallet software. And what you could do then is interact with Bitcoin using your client and say you can even like plug in your hardware wallet to your computer. And then what you're doing is you're using the Electrum client, which is connecting back to your own Electrum Raspberry Pi server, if you will. Um, and you can do like air gap with the cold card, or you can just directly plug the Trezor or the Ledger. And uh, just for the listeners who are not so familiar, Electrum has this... Okay, so you can configure it. I think there's a config file and you can set it up to go um, to your own 
node basically and there's a line um, which basically makes it a little bit easier so it's not command line but you do need to amend the config file or the other way is if you just open your electrum and in the bottom right you'll see that little uh, it's like a red light or a green light and you click that and then if you type in the IP of your my node so it might be like 192.168.1.6 or whatever whatever not whatever your IP is then it will connect to your own node and so that's the cool thing of how you can get a hardware wallet connecting to your own node version as opposed to trusting Trezor's server or Ledger's server to feed you that information. So that's just a bit of a breakdown for the listeners. Right. And there's a lot of advantages to running an Electrum server um, on your own. I, I think that it was maybe a few months ago, there were just an unbelievable number of malicious Electrum servers that were out there. And what they would start doing would was they would uh, return just invalid, if you happen to connect to one, they would return an error message. And it was a custom error message back to a user. And it, it was really scary for new users because they would see this message saying, hey, uh, transaction failed, or you tried to do something that, that didn't work quite, quite right. And um, it would say, hey, click this link, click here and go upgrade to the latest version because there's a security vulnerability. Well, it turns out it was a complete lie. It was a malicious server that was trying to get you to upgrade your Electrum client um, to be one that they controlled. And so the, the problem with that was then a user would click on it. They would go see the website. It would look exactly like Electrum's normal website, which is electrum.org, I think. So make sure you only download from there. Um, but it would look identical. You'd click the download link. You'd install the update that happened to be fake. And then you would have a malicious wallet on your computer that uh, had the ability to just steal all your funds or, or whatever was in your wallet when you first logged in. And so um, by running your own Electrum server, you can point all your light wallets at one that you totally trust and you don't have to worry about some of the security vulnerabilities that um, could exist in the communication channel between an Electrum client and the Electrum server. When it's running on your node and, and you know you've installed it and it's a, it's a good copy, you don't have to worry about your own server kind of sending you those malicious messages that um, any server out on the internet could be sending you. Yeah, I love the point you're making about that uh, and it, how it basically helps keep Bitcoin more decentralized if everybody is, again, running off their own full node with their own keys, etc. But I think part of it, it might be interesting to talk about the difficulty of setting it up on your own with command line, right? So if the listener is more technical, they might have tried to do this themselves, right? I've done, um, I've managed to get Electrum personal server working like with, with a bit of, a lot of wrangling, right? But yeah. I've had issues trying to run Electrum Rust server on my own. So it's actually, I found it really easy because everything is all just kind of done in, uh, in that Raspberry Pi. You just plug it in and off it goes. Uh, so there is some difficulty that listeners might, face if they're trying to run it all on their own. Uh, did you want to just also compare the different types of Electrum servers and how you chose Electrum Rust server for the MyNode? <clears throat> right. So, um, yeah, that, that's a really good point about the difficulty in setting it up. Um, I, one of my goals was to make this as easy as possible for like the average person or a person who's maybe interested in Bitcoin from a financial perspective or an economic perspective that doesn't have like a computer science background or an engineering background where setting up um, Electrum uh, Rust server can be very difficult. You have to um, set it up so that it can communicate and authenticate with your own Bitcoin core. Uh, running it is completely a command line thing. So um, 
if you want to run it in certain ways, it's it's easier to kind of run things under Linux, and a lot of people don't have Linux experience or command line experience, and so there there can be a whole lot of difficulty in setting up some of these utilities, but they're just so incredibly powerful and full of so many features that um, I think everyone in the Bitcoin community can take advantage of them. But if there's a big hump in um, or big learning curve in getting them set up with it. Um, I kind of wanted to try to take that away as much as possible. And so the reason I chose Electrum Rust server was um, some of the performance tests that I did, it, it looked like it performed very well. And then compared to running um, Electrum personal server, that requires a user configuring their own public keys and putting them in the config files and things like that. And I felt like that was just going to be too difficult for the average person. So the only real trade-off, I think, is disk space and storage on the hard drive. But Hard drive, like large one terabyte hard drives now are, are getting so inexpensive that you're going to need a relatively large one to store the full blockchain anyway. So you might as well go up to one terabyte or something like that. And then you have plenty of room for the Bitcoin blockchain and the um, Electrum server data stores and things like that. And so since it wasn't really going to be that large of a hit to the, uh, the hard drive space on the device that I just said, I, I can make this the easiest for users. Um, as compared to running Electrum personal server or something else. I didn't want people to have to go um, look up what their like XPUB key was and things like that and paste that in the, the config file. That was just going to be um, too difficult. And my goal was to onboard people who might not understand what various types of public keys are and all that. So. Right. Yeah. Let me just break that down again, just for the mm-hmm. sort of more beginner level. So one of the difficulties with trying to run your own Electrum server is obviously, so as we were mentioning, the command line difficulties and you might make a, you might mess up a setting somewhere. And the point you're making there around XPUBs or extended, I guess the technically correct term is extended public key of which XPUB is one of those types, right? And there's like XPUB, YPUB, ZPUB, etc. But basically what that is, is like Bitcoin wallet you, it needs that so that it can read what are your balances. And um, that's what when we talk about like watching only wallets or you, you might have seen in your Trezor settings or in your ledger settings as an XPUB uh, that you can copy. It's like a string of text and you would have to, if you were using Electrum personal server, you would have to put that into the config file. Um, so the trade-off there, as I understand it, is that Electrum personal server is more lightweight because it's only indexing for the the transactions and balances and so on associated to that extended public key for the time that you scanned it back till. Uh, whereas Electrum X and Electrum Rust server are basically just fully indexing the whole thing. Um, but as you said, it's like a usability trade-off um, where essentially Electrum Rust server enables the user to sort of get the best of both worlds in a, like not the best of both worlds, but like a reasonable trade-off essentially. Um, now, another thing that I think is really interesting for listeners is you don't necessarily have to, doesn't have to be every literal person doing their own minode. You could even do something like one per household, right? Like if you're family and you might have one minode and then everyone can off their own computer run their own Electrum client. And then as I mentioned, you go down to the bottom right and you can uh, change the address to make it go to your own minode. Um, and then you can share that cost amongst your household or your family. Yeah, so that's another really good point. Because you're running light wallets on all of your different devices, you could share that MyNode, and the, the keys to that wallet are actually being stored um, on, on the client PC or the client phone or whatever, but they can all share that Electrum server, and you only really need one copy of the, 
the blockchain um, per household, or, or even you could potentially share it with friends or something else and connect over Tor um, or VPN if it's someone that you trust and you want to give them access to your home network. And, and that would allow you to connect um, from like a whole family's set of devices could connect back to a MyNode um, and store store their Bitcoin or validate their Bitcoin that is on that wallet from pretty much anywhere they are. Right. And uh, let's talk about the Tor component of that as well. So, uh, so I think this is a premium feature, but can you just tell us, talk us through the process of setting up the Electrum Tor and then how somebody could connect to your MyNode from say outside your household, not on your normal house Wi-Fi? Yeah. Um, so it, Tor is a premium feature, but it offers um, a fantastic advantage in that when you're connecting to a device over Tor, you don't really have to deal with the complexities of VPN, which are would be the alternative um, method of accessing your MyNode from, from anywhere. Um, and what it does is uh, effectively Tor um, will go, your, your phone or device will connect to the Tor network and it will send encrypted traffic via a number of different hops throughout the internet. And um, since everyone is, well, since your, your phone or your um, laptop or whatever is opening a Tor connection, and in the premium version of my node, it is also opening up a Tor connection to the internet, um, it'll automatically generate a password. And if you configure the password on your mobile client, um, it will connect those two devices together, together, no matter where they are in the world. Um, and so that's a really huge advantage because if you have a wallet, say on your phone or your laptop and you want to spend from it, well, all of a sudden, if you're not on the same network or you're not on your home network, by, by default, the typical setup would um, prevent you from accessing it when you're not on, on your home network. And so using Tor, you can continue to use your MyNode and rely on the trust that it provides you, but you can do it from wherever you are. Right. And can, we, can you just walk through in terms of the panels that you would go through? So as I understand, there's an Electrum panel and you can see here there's an Electrum Tor command. So what would be the process around that? Like they would just copy paste the command there? Yeah. So um, on my website, I've got a number of different guides because as easy as I try to make it, things still aren't unbelievably easy for users in the Bitcoin world yet. So um, we have a guide for uh, setting your device up with Tor access and then remote Electrum access via Tor. Um, and if you go there, it kind of walks you through the steps to access your Electrum server uh, via the Tor network. So the first thing you obviously would have to do is enable Electrum. And then um, on the, the Tor page, it will give you the um, Onion URL. And that Onion URL, is it's like a URL that you would go to. It looks a lot like um, google.com or something. But instead of it saying Google, it will be a random string of characters and in dot onion, and then those are the URLs that you put in when you're configuring Tor to connect um, from your mobile device back to your MyNode device. So once you have configured Tor on your MyNode, you can uh, there's a, a special page that will show you the onion link or onion URL that indicates your specific device, and then it will also show you a password that goes with it, and that helps authenticate that service so that not anyone in the world can go connect to that onion URL if they were to happen to figure it out or find it or attempt to connect to it. And so it's a way of basically like saying, I have something that is publicly accessible. I have a link that means my specific MyNode device, uh, but then it is authenticated with a, a password. So um, if you were gonna do it, say on your Android phone, the first thing you would do is download a program called Orbit, 
Um, and that's what lets your phone connect to the Tor network. So that would be step one. You would download the Orbit application, um, turn it on, and then there's a couple little steps in there where um, you have to go into settings and you have to add a client cookie. And that's basically what lets you connect to your MyNode in an authenticated manner. So you put in the Onion URL that corresponds to your MyNode in that config, and then you put in the authentication cookie, which is your Tor password effectively. And so once you've done that and configured that um, through Orbit, you can click start and it will connect to the Tor network. And if you ever access that Onion URL, it'll automatically use that password. So you won't have to put that password in any other application. Orbit will be handling that for you every time um, an application tries to connect to your MyNode via the Tor network. And so um, after that, then you can download the Electrum app for Android and uh, create a wallet or import a wallet or um, get a wallet on your device. And then in the settings there, it will let you uh, connect via a, a SOX5 proxy. And then at that point, you can put in uh, the host, which is your, um, your Onion link, and then port uh, 50002, which is the typical authenticated um, Electrum port. So that sounds like that's a, a number of steps, but on our website, we have a guide that lets us, um, or that shows you how to go configure all that. And there are screenshots of what to click in the app and where to enter the different URLs and links and ports and things like that. Um, and so at that point though, uh, you would just go exit out of the config and your Electrum wallet would sync. And um, because it's going over Tor, it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you have Orbit running on your phone or, or uh, mobile device, turn on Orbit, open up the Electrum app and you're connected to uh, your MyNode no matter where you are. Right. And so this is a way that uh, Bitcoin enthusiasts can help onboard their friends as well, right? So they could run their own MyNode, run their own Electrum server, and then get their friends to use Electrum and Tor and Tor into their own Electrum Rust server on their MyNode. And that way, their friends can still use a hardware wallet with Electrum client and mm -hmm. still validate against at least your friend's node instead of trusting uh, a big company about it. So that way, again, it's decentralizing people further. Uh, and I think we were touching on this block explorer point earlier. I'd like to touch on that as well. So there are some privacy benefits as well. So right now, if you look up a transaction on a public block explorer, you are doxing some component of yourself to that, right? Because that server knows that your IP accessed and it was interested in this address. Can you touch on some of the privacy benefits there for the users using the MyNode Block Explorer instead? Right, yeah. So there's definitely a, a privacy component to running your own Block Explorer where um, imagine these like big tech companies today, they're pretty much monitoring everything you do, websites you go to. And um, it, I mean, there can be benefits. You end up getting um, ads that are targeted more towards you. But basically the amount of data that is... Um, gathered on every person and every website they go to is completely unbelievable. Um, and so depending on some of the other security aspects of it, maybe not even the remote server that is um, providing the block explorer, but anyone in the middle could say, hey, here's, a, here's an IP address. And it looks like it's going to, um, I don't know, blockchain.info or something like that and trying to go look up a, a, an address. And if it, that's not encrypted via HTTP, anyone in the middle could also go see, hey, this IP address is interested in, um, in these specific Bitcoin addresses, and they could be monitoring for, oh, wow, that, that, that looks like it has a moderately large balance. And then 
you're kind of exposing that information to um, people out on the internet that you wouldn't want to expose. So by running your own block explorer, you can also kind of query and, and look at all of the information about your own transactions um, and do it locally without kind of exposing um, any information about yourself to uh, the rest of the world or the network that you're kind of uh, viewing the blockchain explorers on. Right. And so for the listeners who want to quickly look up a transaction or um, let's say they've broadcast a transaction, they can see whether it's still in the mempool or it has been confirmed into a block and they can go to the you know myner.local and then they can click the uh, BTC RPC Explorer, click the Explorer tab, and then it's like a little website that's got their own personal block explorer. So that's another, I think, a pretty cool feature because, again, that might be difficult for a user to do unless they're quite experienced with doing their own command line stuff as well. Right, yeah, and, and setting that up actually requires um, Electrum to be running as well. So most of those block explorers are actually using Electrum server as the back end to look up those transactions. And so um, to, to really get that working on your own, you would have to run Bitcoin Core yourself. You'd have to get Electrum server set up yourself, and then you'd have to download and install a block explorer and then point that at Electrum and then get that hooked up to Bitcoin. And it, it just gets very, very complicated very quickly. And um, by bundling them all together, I think it's providing some really cool services that um, would be very difficult for most people to, to set up on their own. And it would just be too time-consuming, I think, for people to kind of um, be required to do this on their own. Right. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is really people have, you know, jobs and families and uh, other things that don't have the time to like sit there banging their head against the wall, trying to configure these things. I mean, I've, I've spent some time doing it myself and I've, you know, <laughs> found it difficult. I've, I've gotten so, some success and a lot of failure in trying to do these things, as I'm sure many uh, other Bitcoiners have had. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, you, we were talking about it before with Tor, but maybe if we could touch on VPNs and Tor and the idea of people using that so that they can use their phone as the remote control for their lightning node back home. Um, right. Can you just touch on that? Yeah. So um, one of the things that I started, after I started setting up this project, I realized that uh, adding VPN and Tor would be, I, I think to me, a huge advantage. So Say you have like effectively a, a lightning network or a little Bitcoin checking account kind of thing on your phone. Like it's just a little bit that maybe you want to spend or use when you're out and about. Um, what you can do is not have to store, especially if it's the lightning network, what you can do is not store the keys on your phone necessarily, but securely connect back to your MyNode device and all the other advantages that it provides. But um, you can use it all from absolutely anywhere. And so by um, using the VPN option, you sort of get a little bit more powerful access back to your MyNode device because it pre pretends like the, the device that you're using wherever you are is actually on your home network. So um, that does enable a little bit more. There are some difficulties with like gRPC going over Tor due to HTTP headers and some other complexity that I haven't fully dug into yet. But um, if you use VPN, um, you we also have a guide for that on our website. But basically, you download the OpenVPN app, you download a little file on your phone that is accessible via the MyNode GUI, and then you can open um, that in the OpenVPN app. And then you just get a button that says, hey, I want to connect back to my home network. So again, no matter where you are, what you can do is open your VPN app, um, click the button, and then all of your information and any kind of searching or web access or whatever that you do will actually be totally encrypted and protected and going over your home network connection. So it can actually 
be a sort of a privacy feature, not only for Bitcoin, but for pretty much all network access that's happening on your device at that time. Um, if you're on like a public Wi-Fi network, maybe you don't want people to be able to see the traffic that is being transmitted via your phone to the, the Wi-Fi endpoint. And so um, there are additional privacy concerns just outside of the Bitcoin transactions that can sort of be alleviated um, if you're using a VPN back to your home. And now you're still trusting your home ISP to, to not do anything malicious then, but um, at, at least you kind of alleviate a lot of the security concerns about being on a shared network with a lot of other people that might be trying to um, spy on different connections or different Wi-Fi connections that are on that network. Um, and so basically everything that you would want to do if you're connected via VPN, you can use um, you can use Zap or something. So if you have the Zap wallet on your phone, the Lightning wallet, what you can do is connect that to your MyNode. And um, if you're out and about, you can flip on your VPN connection, open Zap up, and it'll work. Um, it'll work wherever you are, just like it would if you were sitting at home on your kind of your local network where it's talking via one of the IP addresses that, um, and I guess when I'm saying local network, some people might not understand what I'm saying, but uh, basically when you're on a home network, devices can communicate a lot easier with each other. Um, they don't have to get routed over the internet. So you might see IP addresses like 192.168.1.100 or something might end up being the IP address that you're my node gets and your phone will have another IP address that ends in something like dot one oh one and they can communicate because they're sort of nearby. There is no internet in between them. But when you're out and about and you're connected via um like a mobile network like 4G or something, then you're gonna have a totally different IP address. And those those two devices don't know how to communicate with each other until something like VPN is enabled. Right. And I think one other complexity that is involved is if people want to connect back to their home node while they're out and about or get their friends to connect to their, say, Bitcoin core, there is some potential security concern around exposing a port to the outside world. So can you touch on some of that uh, around how to mitigate that risk? Right. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a really good point. One of my goals was to limit the number of exposed ports. I, I don't want to go take every cool thing you can do on your mind node device, which there's something like, I don't know, 20 or 25 ports at this point that have to be um, opened up, but not to the whole world. They're just opened up to your local network, which is considerably a lot more secure. You don't have everyone on the internet trying to attack those ports. So while they're, while I said something like there's 20 ports open on a MyNode device, um, they're not exposed to the internet. Once you expose a port to the internet, um, you're immediately subjected to a number of potential attacks. It could be someone happens to guess a bad password or an incorrect password or something that you a default password that you hadn't set up right. Or there could be a flaw in the service that is running on that exposed port. And so when you open yourself up to the internet like that, um, you're really making yourself a target. And so one advantage of VPN is that it's incredibly well tested and it lets you um, create, a. would look at it like a, a secure tunnel that goes between your phone or your mobile device, wherever you are, and your MyNode device. And so if you imagine that secure tunnel in between them, Nothing is going out um, from your phone to the rest of the internet. It's going back to your local network. And since all of the tr uh, traffic between those two devices is completely encrypted, um, you don't have to worry about opening up ports and exposing them to the, the external world. You only have to open up one port at that point, which is the port that VPN is running over, and then access all of the different services that MyNode provides 
like you're running on a local network. And so um, opening up one port is significantly safer than opening up a large number of them. And um, VPN is an incredibly well-tested and secure piece of software that has been around for ages and ages and is open source. So um, basically, I mean, it, it uses, I don't know, corporate grade encryption, government grade encryption for the connection that is going uh, between those two devices. And so it would be incredibly hard to break. And um, because it's open source, it uh, can be audited by pretty much anyone and, and a number of people trust it and have trusted it for years. Great. Um, yeah, so that's a, a little bit on uh, the difficulty of kind of setting it up yourself, but potentially what uh, the miner can help uh, the user do. With this miner, so it's a relatively new project, as I understand, you've been mm-hmm. going for a few months. Uh, how long has the project been going? So I started the project, I guess, back in March, but at that point, it was more of just sort of a, a hobby. I wanted to get the Lightning Network set up and things like that. And as I started adding more features, I thought, you know, maybe this would be useful for other people. So I thought of different ways to share it and then monetize it a little bit. Um, and I guess it, so it started back in about March and then maybe three to four months later, I really started kind of publicizing it and, and starting to share it on the internet. And the community is um, still relatively small, but it's growing quickly. And there are a number of uh, very enthusiastic people out there that seem to be enjoying it. And um, I am always excited to hear their feedback and, and uh, kind of get different feature requests and help drive the direction of the project. Great. Thinking more defensively, people might be concerned that, let's say there's malicious code. Let's Mm -hmm. say there is uh, something in there that might steal someone's private keys or perhaps uh, report the balances or things like that. Mm -hmm. How how do you think about trying to help allay that fear or concern? Right. So um, I had obviously expected those concerns because those are the things that I think about whenever I download any kind of uh, Bitcoin project. And so um, there, there are several ways to alleviate the concerns. The first is that it is entirely open source. Um, I have published, uh, so the code can be inspected and reviewed and you can go look at it and see what it's doing. Um, but then I have also published sort of some instructions on how to set it up yourself. You can see what the uh, setup device scripts are and you can go look at that. And if you wanted to, you could completely build my node from scratch on your own. You don't have to trust my um, my downloaded images, which are there to make it easier. Um, but you, you could totally go completely build it on your own and then compare, hey, are, are the scripts the same and are the, the processes the same on the one that you built versus the ones that I've provided? You could always cross-check that. Um, to alleviate other concerns about maybe the uh, server had gotten hacked or something and there was a corrupt image that had gotten put on my website, um, what would happen is I also have a public key that's posted to GitHub and um, on the download page, there are instructions for validating like the authenticity of that image. So you know that it, it came from me and it's not anyone else that managed to sort of hijack the download and make you download something that was uh, malicious. Or if somebody happened to, hopefully no one does this, but if somebody started saying, hey, go download my note over here, but it's not the correct link to my website, um, you can still follow the download instructions and validate that the image was an image that definitely came from us. Gotcha. Okay, great. And now the other thing is Bitcoin is moving very quickly. There are a lot of different pieces of software. There's a lot of updating going on. Is it a lot of work there in terms of your work to try and follow the different projects and make sure that nothing breaks in updating? 
So yeah, um, it hasn't been that big of a problem so far. It really doesn't take me that long to go um, try a new instance of Bitcoin Core or upgrade LND or something like that. Um, I just follow the projects and uh, if I notice that there's a new image out there, I, I download it and test it locally. And if it seems to work, then um, I go publish a new image with it. And I've automated a whole lot of that. So if I need to go update the version of Bitcoin Core or LND that's being included, um, it's it's really an easy change for me to make. Um, so I, I've really taken a lot of the time out of it there. Uh, but really what I have to mostly do is testing and make sure that um, Electrum server can still connect to a new Bitcoin Core and Lightning can connect to a new Bitcoin Core and things like that. But um, for the most part, they the projects have been pretty compatible and I haven't had a whole lot of issues trying to manage the different versions of software that are getting released. But I do like doing that testing first. Um, and I, I have gotten requests from several people to say, hey, can I go update it myself? Can I go like put the new Lightning beta on there myself? And my answer is, yeah, you can absolutely do that. Like there's no problem with it. Um, it is open, you can connect to it, you can install whatever software on it that you want. Um, it just might not work or might not be supported. I like making sure that I test it before um, I, I publish any new images that would automatically go update LND or Bitcoin Core or RTL to a new version. Gotcha. And so what can you tell us in terms of what's coming up? What are some potential other pieces of software that you would want to build into the MyNode stack, if you will? Right. So um, there's a whole lot on my uh, coming soon list. Um, so, so I think there's a lot of work and a lot of exciting things that can get included. Um, of course, one of the highly requested features has been adding BTC Pay Server to it. Um, some of these have small difficulties that I'm going to have to get figured out because a lot of them also want to run their own instance of Bitcoin Core. So I have to figure out how to uh, tie that back into the instance of Bitcoin Core that I'm running because we don't want two copies of the blockchain doing validation. That would cause way too much strain on these like small embedded um, devices. And so I, I have to do some figuring out there, but I, I do want to go get BTC Pay Server added. Um, I'm also kind of looking at, at adding uh, the Samurai Dojo backend that has been requested a couple times and would be really interesting, um, as well as looking at adding Join Market, which would let people participate in coin joins. And th they can actually, I think, generate small fees and actually make small amounts of Bitcoin by helping other people do these coin join transactions. And so that's another interesting project that I've been looking at and I would love to be able to add. But um, on top of that, of course, I, I need to continue publicizing it and get more people involved so that I can get more feedback and um, help determine the right direction. And then I also need to go write a whole lot more guides and make sure that people understand and know how to use each of the features. So I think there's a lot of like publicity and training and uh, making sure that when people do go download my node and install it, they really have a good feeling. Or if they have any questions, they have a way to go find a guide that will help walk them through whatever difficulties they might have. Gotcha. And with, um, so for example, with Dojo, which is also a full node, I guess mm -hmm. you would just have to figure out how to, again, point it to the full node that's already running and the data that's already there rather than setting up a whole new instance, right? Exactly. Right. And so um, Dojo actually looked like it had a, a, a pretty good path for doing that. Um, BTC Pay Server looked like that one might be a, a bit more difficult, but not too bad. But those are um, some features that I'm, I'm hoping to be able to look at in the coming weeks and months. Cool. And with um, Dojo, would that also include the associated like Samurai Whirlpool or would you be looking to do join market mixing for that? 
So I, I haven't looked at it into that level of detail yet. I mean, at that point, maybe both of them would be potential options. So yeah, I, I don't know about exactly which features would work or not work or would be enabled. I'd, I'd have to do a little bit more detailed research before I can answer some of those. And with uh, Join Market, does Join Market have a, a daemon service thing that's running, or is it more like like an all-in-one GUI sort of application? I haven't actually had the chance to use it yet. So um, it, it looks like there's both. I, there is a, a GUI that you can run, and that's what um, I was trying to get set up the other night to just kind of play around with it. But then there is like a, a daemon backend that seems to be running as well, and so that's what I would I would put on my node because the their GUI was like a graphical QT application or something that I wouldn't be able to run on a Raspberry Pi because I don't have a full like GUI, I don't know, QT or whatever um, running. And so I, I would probably, I would just get the daemon running and then maybe add an interface through the, the web GUI that I have um, and then let people participate and use it that way. Excellent. And so also just, you mentioned BTC pay server as well. So I think the other difficulty, and we were talking about this earlier with if you were to self-host your own BTC pay server, because again, you are exposing your own IP or a port out to the world. So yeah. can you just touch on how, uh, what, what are the potential ways you might do that or the user might use a MyNode BTC with potentially BTC pay server while limiting the risk of exposing the port to the outside world? Yeah, that would have to be something that was um, really looked at and analyzed and making sure that we would be opening up as few ports as possible. And then of course, making it optional. Um, and I think that would help alleviate a lot of the risk. But don't open the ports up by default. Make it so that only when BTC Pay Server is enabled do you open things up out to the internet and then open up absolutely as little as possible. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's well worth, um, listeners, if you haven't already got a node running and maybe for you the hurdle has been the difficulty in running your own full node and connecting your own hardware wallet with it i think this is well worth um considering as i mentioned it's it's pretty cheap i in terms of my experience with it i mean i i found it pretty simple i you know as i mentioned i downloaded the image i put it in and I left it to go i think it took me maybe 2 or 3 days to do the initial block download of bitcoin and then another maybe 2 or 3 days to do the electrum rust server indexing um, so it might be a good thing maybe if you're listening and you order the parts when you get home tonight or whatever and then set it up on a weekend, uh, spend a couple hours. It's like a Sunday afternoon project or whatever and you put it together, do this initial setup of it and then come back to it in a few days to enable the Electrum part and then after a few days, you've basically got your own full node with Electrum going. So I thought that was really cool. Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention uh, for the listeners at this point, Taylor? Uh, yeah, so let me just go over real quick about the different options that we provide again to summarize. So, of course, there's the community edition that you can download and use for free on your own hardware that you've pulled together. If you don't want to do that, um, we also do have some hardware options available. You can buy a physical device for uh, $199, um, and that does not come with a hard drive. It's, it's basically a, it's a ROCK64 device with the premium MyNode software preloaded on it. Um, for $279, you can also order... Um, that same device that would come with an external hard drive, but um, and and if you had purchased just the the device yourself, you can use any hard drive that um, you have laying around your house, any external hard drive, and you can find them on Amazon easily. And so um, those are both options as well. And then again, if you have the community edition and you want to upgrade to the premium software, you can always do that and uh, buy a premium product key um, license, and it's available on our website for ninety nine dollars. 
and um, it's really easy to upgrade. Um, you can pay with PayPal or credit card or, of course, Bitcoin and the Lightning Network. Um, so we have all those payment options available as well. Yeah, and uh, for me personally, I found it really interesting. I thought, okay, I'll just give the community one a go and I just bought the Raspberry Pi and I ran it and then, yeah, I just paid 99 because I thought, oh, look, it's worth it. You know, you're making mm-hmm. it easy for people. I'll just... Um, and uh, it was quite easy to then just take that upgrade pathway. Yeah, so look, lastly, Taylor, just tell the listeners, where can they find you and where can they um, find MyNode? Right, so um, they can find us on Twitter at um, MyNodeBTC and then on our website at MyNodeBTC.com. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining me today, Taylor. Thanks again. So I hope you enjoyed that. I think Taylor could do with some more attention and support on this project as it's quite well thought out and it may help more people be their own bank instead of trusting someone else. You might also like the idea of going into your own node using Tor. So you could be out and about on your phone using, say, Zeus Lightning Wallet app and you can connect back to your own MyNode and hopefully I'll be able to do that while I'm at the Lightning Conference in Berlin. It's cool to think that you can remote control your node from the other side of the world. So if you're having trouble setting up a node, remember my company Ministry of Nodes, we're doing self-sovereignty webinars. So go to ministryofnodes.com.au and click workshops to sign up for that one. If you're interested in the show notes or the transcript for this episode, go to my website stefanlevera.com. That's it from me. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the Citadels.